Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, Revival Life Church. So good to see you today. Man, worship was amazing, huh? Look, there's about a handful of us here, and we were all encountering Jesus during worship this morning. It was really good. Thank you, worship team, Anastasia, Mikey, all you guys crushed it this morning. How about Ceci on the first song? So awesome to see her leading. Um, I miss you guys. It's really good to see you. I have the privilege and honor of bringing God's word this morning. Thank you, Pastor Carl, for asking me and inviting me to share today. I am super excited to close out our June 2020 message series. Self-titled, right? It's been a crazy season. No need for any more explanation than that. It's June 2020. It's been a wild, wild ride. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, it's been full of ups and downs, a little draining at times. You know, I, I, I think about this season and what we're going through right now and I, I believe, and I'm sure most of you guys believe this as well, that this season is going to go in school textbooks. And our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be reading about yeah. what the world went through yeah. in 2020. It's been a crazy time. Um, something that, that I, I like to do in this season, and uh, it's actually, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun exercise um, to do in, in any season, really, especially the hard ones, is I like to picture myself sitting down with my grandkids and telling them the story of 2020. I like to picture myself sitting down with my, my grandchildren and my, my family members at the table and, and telling them all that God did in 2020. And I, 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 want, I like to imagine who I want to be in that story as I tell my grandkids what happened and everything that was going on in the world, our country, yeah. our community. And I, I challenge myself, am I the person I want to be when I tell them that story? Am, am I the believer I want to be when I tell them that story? Did I walk in the calling that I believe God has placed on my life and my family in this season when I tell them that story? I think it would be a fun thing for you to do as well. Hallelujah. Picture yourself sitting there with your family. Tell the story. Are you who you want to be in that story right now? Hey, if you're not, that's okay. It's not too late to change. Amen? Yeah. Uh, a saying that we've adopted in my house in this season, Sarah and I, we, uh, we've adopted this saying, and the saying is, embrace the crazy. We found quickly at the start of coronavirus and through quarantine that we couldn't escape the crazy. Yeah. I'm sure all parents of young kids can relate to that. So we started looking at each other, and instead of trying to control all the emotions in us and around us, on the TV screen, from our friends and family that we were talking to, we just said, we gotta embrace the crazy a little bit. And in saying that, it's kind of become an inside joke between us, but it really has brought some peace and eased the tensions a little bit when things are, well, for lack of better terms, crazy in our home, right? Um, and you know, embracing the crazy, uh, it, it doesn't mean that you have to consume every catastrophe happening in the world all in 60, 60 minutes on your cell phone, right? Yeah. 
I mean, it's so easy to hop on our cell phone and just scroll through and consume every atrocity that's happening all over the world and in our country. Uh, But something we talk about here at Revival Life Church a lot is that we are built for community. That we were made for community, we are made for family, we are made to live life on life with one another. And the the thing about community is, and, and that you learn about community, is that God really equips you to minister to the people around you. And I, I don't believe that God has given us the emotional ability to handle everything happening in the world at one time. Yeah. He's given us the ability to handle what's happening in our circle what's happening in our community. But when you start consuming the world's problems, you only have one choice, and that's to numb yourself. That's good. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to numb myself to, to my, my friend's pain or my brother's pain or, or what my wife and kids are feeling because I've been consuming the world's problems. We need to be able to minister to the people around us and love the people around us well. And sometimes that means turning off everything else happening and just embracing the crazy right here. Yeah. Amen. If you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up to Romans 15 this morning. We're going to jump into God's Word. <clears throat> now, in, in Romans 15, this is, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome. And in verse 5, it says, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement... Anybody listening need some perseverance and encouragement in this season? I know I do a little bit. Grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Verse 6. So that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are, June 2020, right? You don't have to look very far to find somebody who you disagree with. Or disagrees with you. Amen. It feels like right now everybody has an opinion. Everybody's taking a stance. And uh, when I read this verse here in Romans, it says that he would grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to who? The mind of Christ. I read that and I think, wow, are we missing something, Jesus? I mean, I, I'm, I, it feels like everywhere I look, there's opposition. Everywhere I look, there's there's Division. You see, the verse there says one mind. And I started to ask God, I said, God, what does one mind mean? Because when I read one mind, I think that we're all in agreement. But God spoke to me and says, one mind doesn't necessarily mean agreement. See, it's the heart of God to love people exactly where they're at, regardless of what they're going through or what they've done. And when we have the mind of God, we love people exactly where they're at, regardless of whether we're agreeing with them or not. You see, one mind in Christ is loving people regardless of agreement. It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen? You see, the world, they gather in groups. People are meant to gather in groups, right? But when the world gathers, they gather around agreement. They gather around uh, uh, the same opinion, the same, the same belief, whether it's, it's political or, or, or something similar. But in the church, we're not called to gather around agreeing all the time. We're called to gather around the love of God. Come on. That we can actually love each other whether or not we agree with one another. Yeah. This is what's profound about Jesus. Yes. That we can be a people 
and love each other even if we don't always agree. I find that to be extremely encouraging and to be just this amazing thing that we have to learn to access and walk in as believers. Amen? Amen. See, over the last year, year and a half, God has taken me on a bit of a journey. And on this journey, I have been exposed to the love of God and God's compassion in a whole new way. You know, something that, that, uh, that I've had to do in this season is, is lay down some inner vows. See, God has challenged some things that I thought were absolute truths in my life. But how many of you know that sometimes we have things we think are absolute truths? Things that we think will never be moved. Things, things that we think are part of our foundation, our pillars of who we are as a people. But sometimes those things we believe, those things that we believe are absolute truths, well, they're actually just our pride. Our, sometimes there they're are our, our self-serving motives, but we dress it up in morality. We dress it up in, in religion. We dress it up in things that look godly to pretend like these truths were put there by Jesus, but really they were just put there by man. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to follow any man blindly other than Jesus. Yeah. Amen? And in this season, I've had to lay down some of those things that I thought or at least told myself were God, but they actually, actually weren't at all. Sometimes we have to lay down our politics. Sometimes we have to put aside our Americanism to be exposed to the kingdom of heaven. You see, I, I love other cultures. I actually, um, I take time to learn about other cultures. You know, when we go on mission trips, I get really excited just to be around people who speak a different language than me. Yeah. I get excited just to be around people who come from somewhere that I don't, yeah. who have a different worldview than I have. You know, in, in America, we have a, a certain perspective, but it's not necessarily the kingdom perspective, yep. always. Right. You know, you only need $4,200, $4,200 a year to be in the 50% of wealthiest people globally. If you have $4,200 a year to your name, you're wealthier than half of the world. Wow. Our reality isn't necessarily the world's reality, and it isn't necessarily the kingdom's reality. You see, Christianity is bigger than America. It's bigger than even the issues we face today. Right. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what does faith look like in this season? You know, something I love to do at home uh, is worship, right? I'm the worship director here, and uh, I'm not the worship director because I know how to play guitar. I'm the worship director because I actually love to worship. And when I'm at home worshiping, something that I, I, I do every now and then, I really begin to do it more this year, is I, I love to worship in other languages. So I'll be sitting at home and I'll just be worshiping. Holy, yeah. holy. And then I'll start singing in Spanish. Santo, Santo, Santo. Jesus, we love you. Yes. And I'll just start worshiping Jesus. I'll worship him in Portuguese. Santo Pai, Santo Pai. And something happens as I get out of my normal box 
and step in to someone else's. When I start to sing in a language that's not my own, man, God comes into the room in a, in a different way. When I take myself out of my normal, when I take myself out of what is comfortable to me, and I put myself in somebody else's, God meets me there. And I believe that as believers, we are called to take ourselves and put ourselves in other people's shoes, to empathize with other people's experience, to be listeners and not always preachers, and that God will meet us there. You know, I, uh, when I was a young man, 18 years old after graduating high school, I, uh, I, I went to Europe for a month. And during my time there, uh, we made a lot of great memories, and some not so great. <laughs> um, but one of the, the, the times that was most impactful on that trip was several days I spent with a family in eastern France. It was a little town called Saint-Dié. And it was right on the, the border of eastern France, and it was a beautiful town, uh, covered in vineyards and farms, small shops, a town with only one school, very different than, than our world, right? And we stayed with this, this family, and the husband of the family, he was an English teacher. And um, on our third day staying with them, he said, hey, would you guys like to come and speak to my class? Tell them what life is like in America. Tell them about New York City, because we had just flown in, from, flown in from there. Tell them about what life is like in, in Florida. So we did, we went and we shared our culture, we shared our experience. And then afterwards we sat down with them and they did the same. And we made some friends and, and, and we had an awesome experience doing that and sharing what life was like here. But after that, the bell rang and it was time for lunch. And what happened next is what really stuck with me because it's so different than what I grew up with. See, the students didn't go to a cafeteria, stand in line for 15, 20 minutes, just to scarf their food down in five to 10 minutes and go back to class. They actually went home. You see, this entire town shut down for two hours and people went home to eat with their family in the middle of the day. And it stuck with me. It impacted me. I remember walking home from the school that day and businesses were closing their door, be back in two hours. And people went home. And we went home with the family that day and we sat around the table and there was hot food. Someone prepared a meal. And it was bizarre to me to experience that in the middle of the day. Because in our American culture, getting around the dinner table, even at dinner time, maybe once a week is difficult for a lot of us. And they did this every day. This was something that was important to them. And I remember less than a year later, I came to this church and I radically encountered God and my life changed forever. Less than a year after that, Sarah and I, we got married. And I remember thinking after we got married, man, I would love to be able to eat lunch with my family in the middle of the day. I, I would love to have a, a job where I could do that. And now, 10 years later, I get to eat lunch with my family in the middle, middle of the day a lot of times. That was a value that I believe God highlighted to me afterwards because he wanted it to be something that was important in my family. You see, when God does something in us, we have to turn it into something that he can do through us. We can't stay idle with what God's speaking to our heart, but we have to actually act on it. 
In James 2, verse 14, the Bible says this. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? Or if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Verse 17, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Faith without works is dead. Come on. What God does in us, we have to turn into something God does through us. That's right. Come on. See, it's one thing to believe something. It's another thing to act on it. Whether it's something as simple as eating lunch with your family or standing against oppression, fighting for justice, allowing God to move with compassion in your heart for somebody who's in need. This verse says very clearly right here, what use is it if you say to somebody who's hungry and thirsty and needs food, go and be filled, go and be warm, but if you don't give them anything, Come on. that's not faith. That's, right. that's not faith at all. That's right. You can say that you believe that that person should be fed, yeah. but if you believe it, you'll put your feet to, to work. That's right. You'll put your hands to work. Church, we have to put feet to our faith. Yes. Amen. We have to put faith into action. That's right. Do something in this season. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to do something a little bit abnormal. Come on. Something that's a little bit different for you. Amen? Amen. See, we have to allow what God is doing in our heart to actually change how we live. And heart change has to lead to action change. Come on. This is what faith is. Really quickly, I want to share with you three ways that you can put faith into action this season. First, my amazing bride who runs our community life ministry has implemented a new thing called First Saturday Serve here at Revival Life Church. Some of you may have seen us do it this past month, where we find ways to minister to our community, our neighborhood, our friends, our family, or strangers. And uh, this Saturday actually is first Saturday serve for the month of July. So we want you guys to go out into the community and serve somebody, love on somebody. A couple things that you can do is you can shop local, go to a business, buy something local that maybe normally you'd buy online, support a local business, support a business that's right here at Revival Life Church. You can bake cookies or buy cookies for somebody in your neighborhood. You can pay for somebody in the drive-through who's in the car behind you. You can send food to someone's house or maybe even nurses at a local hospital. The COVID nurses are working really hard right now. And we really appreciate our first responders. Pick up lunch for them, order them some pizzas, send lunch to your favorite nurse, send a little note and thank them for being on the front line and, and, and working throughout this entire time, amen? You can write a letter of appreciation to somebody, tell them you're thankful for them, how much you care about them, just brighten somebody's day. Yeah. Maybe you can mow your neighbor's lawn. I know it's been hot outside. Yeah. Maybe do it early. I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do to serve people in our community right now. Look, we want to see your pictures and videos from First Saturday Serve. So take a picture, take a video, tag it, RLC Serves, put it on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, 
wherever you use social media, I don't know, and uh, we'll, we'll share your post. But listen, crazy thing. There used to be this thing called a camera, and it yeah. took a picture, and that was it. Yeah. It didn't ring. It wasn't able to post anything to social media. So even if you aren't on social media right now, even if you don't have a social media account, you can go out with your Polaroid and put it a picture of serving on your fridge. There's really nothing wrong with that. We're not doing it just to be seen. We really want to love people the way Jesus loved people in this season. Amen? The next thing that you can do in this season is have a conversation with someone who is different than you. <laughs> have a conversation with someone who's different than you. Maybe from a different culture, different life experiences, maybe even somebody who supports a different presidential candidate. Yeah. I know, it's scary. But this is what we're called to do as believers. We're called to grow deeper in compassion by taking time to listen. This is really a powerful tool. Listen to somebody else's story. Listen to another's journey. See, friends, People's lives don't start when they meet you. That's right. They actually had a whole life before they met you. <laughs> Take some time to learn about that. Yeah. It might actually make somebody's day. But more importantly, it might actually give you a new perspective on something that you didn't previously understand. You see, most of us live our life at the center of our own world. And it won't hurt you to make somebody else the center of your world for five minutes. That's good. It might actually impact them with eternal reward. Amen? You see, I've learned a lot about Jesus by talking to unbelievers. And I've learned more about Jesus by listening to unbelievers. You see, any opportunity to preach the gospel, you should take it. But I believe we'd really have more opportunities to share the gospel if we took time to listen. So many of us are afraid to listen to people who are different than us who believe something else. I have some close friends in my life who don't believe what I believe. They may be atheists or agnostic, and I listen to them, and we talk. I actually had someone today, total unbeliever, and text, text me and say, can you pray, pray for me? I got this thing going on. Oh. Taking time to listen can show somebody that you actually care without an agenda. Amen? Amen. The last thing you can do to exercise faith in this season is get alone with God. See, this was the foundation of Jesus' life and his ministry. His faith led him to pray. Time and time again in scripture, we see that Jesus went into the wilderness. He went to the mountaintop. He got away from what was happening and went and spent time with the Father. I call this the art of the breakaway. He cut off everything that was happening and went and got alone with God. You see, he wasn't running away from anything. He was actually running to someone. Come on. The truth is, guys, That's good. is that refusing to rest comes from the belief that you trust your ability more than God's ability. In Matthew 14, Jesus finds himself in a, a, a crazy, crazy situation. You see, John the Baptist had just died. He was beheaded by King Herod. And, and uh, King Herod was just trying to look good to people in power, really. He was just trying to impress his buddies. And he succumbed to the prayer pressure and killed John the Baptist. 
Now, the Bible tells us that he didn't actually want to do this because the people liked John the Baptist. They were in favor of him, but he did it anyway. How many of you know that when people in authority abuse the people they're called to serve, it grieves God's heart? Come on, come on. And Jesus heard of this in Matthew 14, verse 13. He says, now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. You see, Jesus had just lost a friend. Yeah. He had just lost a family member, actually. Yeah. He just lost a mentor. Yeah. The great John the Baptist, the prophet that was to make a way for the Messiah, is now dead. I wonder if Jesus knew that was going to happen all along. I wonder if he was expecting it. I don't know, but what I do know is that he was mourning. That whatever he was feeling, he had to withdraw himself from the people, from the disciples, and go away to a secluded place by himself. You see, guys, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. First thing was faith without works is dead. Yeah. My second point is faith without rest is just striving. It's so important that we figure out where our mountaintop is. It's so important that we figure out how to break away from the things of this world so that we can rest with the Father. Actually, in verse 13, the Bible doesn't even say that Jesus was praying. It just says that he was by himself. He just said he went to be alone. Yeah. He was just trying to, to, to get away. See, at its best, at its best, faith without rest is striving. But at its worst, it can become ambition. Philippians 2 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition. See, God's expecting us to produce much more with our life than what we could produce by our own strength. When you're running on empty, it's easy to put your faith in yourself in your own ability. And this isn't who we want to be. Jesus continu continually and regularly left the crowd for the mountain. So I asked you again, where is your mountain? Do you know? You see, I love praying on the way to work. I enjoy worshiping on the way to work. But the Bible doesn't tell us that Jesus just prayed on his way to the next city. He got out of his normal schedule. That's good. He got out of the normal routine. He got out of what was familiar and went somewhere new. I believe this is what God is calling us to do in this season. You see, in verse 13, when Jesus withdrew and left to a secluded place, the Bible says, that the people heard of this and they followed him on foot from the cities. Yeah. Now here's Jesus. He just learned John died and he has thousands of people following him. How do we know it's thousands? Because right after this, Jesus performed a miracle and fed 5,000. Yeah. See, regardless of what was happening in him, he still had compassion on the people around him. Yeah. He still operated in miracles for the people around him. Yeah. But what I want you to look at this morning is verse 23 in Matthew 14, where it says, after he had sent the crowds away. Now this is immediately after feeding the 5,000. See, first thing, he's, he went away by himself to a secluded place. The people followed him. Now he fed them, he had compassion on them, but immediately after he sent the crowd away, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Immediately, 
he broke away again. Immediately, he, he sent the crowds away again. Immediately, he said, I have got to rest. I have got to get centered. I have got to receive ministry from my Father. How many of us are prioritizing that in this season? Look, this season is emotionally draining. You can't carry it all on your own. You need to learn how to break away. Sometimes we need to learn how to send the crowds away. See, Jesus' crowd was the thousands of people following him. But for most of us, the crowd that we needed to send away is right in the palm of our hand or hanging on the wall in our house or it's the radio in our car. I don't know where your mountaintop is. For me, it's the water. It's the ocean. It's just a, a walk along the beach. Maybe it's, it's going out for a paddle. Maybe it's just sitting and listening to God. But I have to make time to do it. It's inconvenient in my busy life. Make time to rest in this season. Amen? See, it's really difficult to love the people around you if you don't love yourself enough to rest. It's difficult to love the people around you if you don't love yourself enough to rest. People in your, in your life need you healthy. Amen? First Corinthians 13 says this. In verse 1, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanking cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Faith without love is annoying. (laughs) The Bible says it's a clanging symbol, a noisy gong. Do you know any believers who are operating maybe a little bit outside the love of God? can be a little bit annoying. And this isn't who we want to be. It is not who we want to be ever, but especially in this season. You see, frustration, even anger sometimes, can move you to action. But only love can sustain you. If you want to do something that actually bears fruit, and not just fruit, but fruit that remains, you have to be motivated by the love of God. See, church, there's, there's too much at stake to make someone our enemy who God has called our brother. Now, listen. I'm all for being radical. Like I said earlier in my message, I am for being radical. I am for standing against injustice. I was at a Black Lives Matter protest only a couple weeks ago. And I stand in solidarity with the black community. I've taken time to talk to people I love of color and ask them their story and their journey. I know what my stance is on this matter. Maybe you're listening today and you have a different stance. Maybe you're listening today and we disagree. I don't believe that has to make us enemies. I don't want it to. 
I know a lot of people that I love and respect who disagree with me about a lot of things happening right now. Not just that. Us as the church, I believe we can do better than just tearing each other down yeah. with our keyboards. Yeah. That's right. I really do. See, like we were talking about earlier, sometimes love can look like listening to a friend. Yeah. A few years ago, a friend of mine posted something on social media. <laughs> and at the time, it offended me. They talked about how there was a particular politician and that they were afraid because of this person. That they felt uneasy. That they felt scared and unsure of what the future might hold. And I read those things and I didn't understand why they would feel that way. At the time, I told myself that they needed to renew their mind. That that, that, that person actually was prophesying the future that they didn't want. I was offended with what they had written. You see, it, it, it's, it's not okay to be offended with someone else's feelings just because you don't understand them, church. Yeah. It's really not okay. Yeah. A couple years later, God started moving in my heart. Come on. I believe I talked about it earlier. And I remember as God was doing this thing in me, I thought about that post again. This time, I had a totally different perspective. And unlike, I, unlike when the original post happened, I actually picked up the phone and called them this time. It was the first time I didn't. And I took time to listen, to listen to why they wrote what they wrote, to listen to the things that had led them to that place. I took time to understand somebody who came from a completely different background than why my white Christian America. And God increased my capacity to love. Hallelujah. I believe he's calling us all to do that. Come on. I know none of us have it all figured out. And it's hard. This season's been hard. It's hard to know what to say and when to say it. But I'll tell you this, guys. I will always take a stance for love. Come on. I believe it's a stance worth taking. Isaiah 1, 17 says this, Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. If that's not the church, I don't know what is. This is Jesus. This is my heart in this season. I believe it's God's heart for us as well. Amen? Amen. Listen, if you've been watching this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would like to invite you right now to welcome the King, the one who was sent, left his throne, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for your sin. The one who didn't stay dead, but rose from the dead three days later. I want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with him, to welcome him into your life this morning.
Or maybe you just need a fresh start. If that's you, would you repeat after me today? Let's say it together. Jesus, I believe that you are God and that you were born of a virgin and lived a sinless life. I believe that you died on the cross for me. You took my sin, every sin I have committed and every sin I will commit. And right now, I'm asking you to forgive me, to come into my heart and give me new life. Fill me with your spirit, with your resurrection power. I want to know you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer with us this morning, go ahead and sign up for someone to contact you after service. We'd love to reach out and connect with you, follow up with you, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Give it up for Jesus one more time. Come on. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you guys next week.